1966, Governor Ronald Reagan created the 11th Commandment. He said, thou shalt not speak ill of any Republican. I think we need something like that today for the Christian body. We have ministries out there now that their sole purpose is to besmirch, condemn, and, and basically try to eliminate other parts of the body of Christ that they don't agree with. To me, that's cannibalism, a body eating its own body. Let's look at a little perspective on that, cook it up, maybe with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Okay, forget the Chianti. I'm Robert Winfield, and this is Chapter House. In 1966, the goal for Governor Reagan was to prevent progressive Republicans or rhinos from dividing the party. If the rhinos could create rancor in the party, they had a chance of dividing and eventually overtaking the party. This is what the devil is trying to do with his servants today. I've run across many individual fake or false ministers who are full of rancor and are self-proclaimed watchdogs over Christian theology. They are singular in their passion to run down our brothers and sisters in Christ and verbally persecute and besmirch them by name under the guise that their interpretation of scripture is paramount. They run down Israel, born-again Hebrews, and Zionists. They've taken on the mentality of Bavarian villagers rioting to torch the Frankenstein. As a Christian, Trying to maintain a ministry can be a challenge, but calling out and naming other ministries as heretics as a vocation is basically cannibalism. I can see the allure, however, since I'm under great temptation myself to mention the identity of these malignant heresy hunters. Now, those in question might say, but Jesus and Paul ran down people who were in error, like all the Pharisees and Sadducees. First, you're not Paul or Jesus, and until you're healing the sick and raising the dead and preaching the gospel to the multitudes, as well as laying down your life, you're in a different league of your own. Jesus confronted them all face to face. He wasn't at the Mount of Olives calling out rabbis he didn't agree with that weren't present and start telling everyone on the Mount that they were an error and a dangerous lot and God would destroy them. There is a problem in the body of Christ where so-called theologians come against other Christians in their doggedly attempt to correct one another. From my vantage point, these are angry people who are venting that anger at their own league, fist shakers and scuttlebutts. Granted, anger is an energy, but we need to stop this madness. By telling an untold number of churches that these ministers you despise are not Christians, and that you're amazed God hasn't struck them down for heresy, you are in effect marginalizing every Christian that was brought to the Lord and saved through the very ministries you despise. You're asking God to wipe these ministries out by cursing your brothers and sisters in Christ. Let me tell you of an experience I had in Bible college. When I was in college, there was a particular minister who was uh, on television a lot, 
and he asked for money, I think a little bit too much. And what happened was over a period of time, the secular world as well as other Christians and churches started dogpiling on him and basically got him off the airwaves, calling him a crook and a thief and he's this and he's that and whatnot. And me being very uh, new born again Christian and pretty green, um, I kind of subscribed to that notion about this individual. So like I said, when I was in Bible college, um, this particular individual's name came up um, amongst my friend and some other people. And um, I was bold enough to say, yeah, I think that guy's a bit of a crook. I think that guy really uh, needs to get out of the ministry. He has no reason or right to be talking that way. Um, I, I just went on and on, etc., etc., etc. So my friend at the time um, in, in the college said, well, you know, I got born again through that person. At that point, I didn't really know what to say. I mean, he had been born again, and now he's at the same college I am. And he loves the Lord, and uh, he was studious, and uh, still is. Um, but, the, but what happened was, is God really just came down on me hard. And he says, you have to watch what you say. And you can't be just spouting off and saying anything you want about my servants. I'll take care of them. That's none of your business. But he has brought a lot of people to me, and I have to respect that. And at that point, I realized I've got no business criticizing other ministries, no matter what I think. So that's just a little lesson I learned um, along this line. There is no watchdog, persecutive type ministry endorsed, mentioned, or alluded to in scripture. The closest you could come maybe is by being a, an Old Testament prophet. But let's be clear, these watchdogs are not prophets or prophetic. They are closer to inquisitors. An inquisitor was an official in the Inquisition, an organization or program intended to eliminate heresy and other things contrary to the doctrines of, wait for it, the inquisitor. In Jesus' time, they were the Pharisees and Sadducee, clouds without rain, strife manifest. Look at Matthew in the Bible. Matthew 12, 35 through 37 in the message. It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person is a blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. The heart condition of these Pharisees was twofold. One, criticizing the ministers of God. Two, protecting their religious traditions. All this negative chatter falls under what the Lord calls backbiters. You see these listed in Romans. Romans 1, 29 through 32.
being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers and backbiters, without natural affection, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Backbiters are without understanding, natural affection, unforgiving, and unmerciful. Backbiting is also listed with murder and fornication. The definition of backbiting is malicious talk about someone who is not present, slandering someone in their absence to bite them behind the back. People defend their backbiting by maintaining what they say is true, but this shows an impotence of which only truly foolish people are capable of. They talk about other people's sins or what they judge to be sin behind their backs instead of going directly to them and confronting them or praying for them or leading others to pray for them. Let's look at James. James 4, 11 and 12. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But who are you to judge your neighbor? James isn't saying don't speak evil against one another unless you feel you're justified or have a case against someone. But truthfully, James may be sugarcoating it a bit compared to Psalm saying, God will destroy whoever slanders his neighbors. These cannibals are unspiritual and pure mechanics. The other major drawback to Watchdog Ministries is that they violate the royal law of love. Once you suggest God should wipe these heretic ministers off the map, you're out of love and you're out of the love walk. Your ministry no longer works by the Spirit of God. Without love, everything you do for God means and accounts for nothing. Jesus had to deal with these watchdog spirits with his own disciples in Luke 9 and Mark 9. Luke 9:54 through 55. The disciples said, Do you wish us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them as Elijah did? But he, Jesus, turned and rebuked them severely censored them. He said, you don't know what sort of spirit you are. Mark 9, 38 through 41. John said to him, teacher, we saw a man who does not follow along with us driving out demons in your name. We forbid him to do it because he's not one of our band, of your disciples. But Jesus said, do not restrain or hinder or forbid him. For no one who does a mighty work in my name will soon afterwards be able to speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is for us. For I tell you truly, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to and bear the name of Christ will by no means fail to get his reward. So the disciples were alarmed that these other people did not believe the same way they did. They did not follow along with us and they are not part of our band. Now this would be a teaching moment and a validation for those who thought that heresy was any teaching they disagreed with 
and a green light to persecute those they disagreed with. But Jesus said, don't bug them, don't hinder them. For since they are not against us, they're for us. Anyone who is good to you because you bear the name of Christ will not fail to be rewarded. I'm pretty sure most, if not all, of those who are persecuted by these heresy watchdogs would treat those prosecutors with love. You would think with the following scripture anyway. Matthew 5, 43 through 44. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, surely if you are to love and pray for your enemies, you could eke out some love and prayer for those we merely disagree with. In fact, after these heresy hunters lambaste their ministerial foes, they don't ask anyone to pray for them or lead others in prayer to intercede for what they perceive as a mongrel ministry. Let's end on this last scripture. Psalms 50, 20 through 21. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done and I have kept silent. You thought I was once entirely like you, but now I will reprove you and put the charge in order before your eyes. The license we've given ourselves to criticize other members of the body of Christ has expanded and weakened us all. I think the church can do better. Let's let God sort out his own. Everyone pays a price for their part in doing God's work. Let's not add to that price. The world is trying to squash us as it is, let alone squash our own. No one, no one has been given a ministry of persecution or fully mature in the full counsel of God. If there is a minister or pastor you find irritating, get over it. They're not your servants or intellectual fodder to criticize. Let's not aid the enemy in tearing down our own body. And to those who support these alleged ministries, remember, where you make a deposit, you will get a return. You become an accessory after the fact. Thou shalt not speak ill of any fellow Christian and let the word of God defend itself. Remember, life and death are in the power of the tongue. It's not what you mean, it's what you say. So, stand in faith, walk in love, and launch out into the deep. Till next time.